Hey guys, welcome to the Drone Horizon podcast. I'm Alex and today I'm joined by Hugo Healy. Hugo, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, so my name's Hugo Healy. Um, I'm 24 and from Brighton. I am a, I guess you could say, professional drone and camera operator. Um, I work a little bit in film, but mostly TV. Um, I also shoot for um, companies. I've done some work for Nike, um, Jeep, Moment, Polar Pro. Um, so like a, a big variety of things. But um, my main my main um, work would be in TV. Um, and then I work as a part-time firefighter on the side. So I do that from my home. I'm on call. Um, and I do that in between film jobs and stuff. Um, and I also do a lot of traveling, a lot of travel photography, um, and a lot of my own content creation as well. Um, cool. So yeah. Well, thanks for taking time out of your day to be with us. Um, as always, we've asked uh, Hugo to send over three of his favorite pictures that he's taken with his drone. Um, they're three incredible pictures. I mean, we'll start with the, the waterfall one. As you said, that was the first one you took. Um, yeah. So go for it. Yeah, so this is Tumpaxu Waterfall, um, and it's in East Java. Um, it's funny, actually, because I, at the start of 2019, um, New Year's Eve, I actually broke my knee skiing. Um, and because of that, I had a lot of time off the fire service, and I was able to do a lot of traveling. And um, Indonesia was one of the places I wanted to go. Um, and I spent time in Bali, and then I went over to East Java, um, and I saw this waterfall on Instagram, and I really wanted to go and see it because I knew it was in, um, it's Indonesia's largest waterfall. It's um, 100 meters across, wow. and it's got a beautiful, beautiful backdrop of Sumeru Volcano, which is actually the same volcano that you can see in the back of the Brumo shot. I don't know, you know Mount Brumo um, in Indonesia? Yeah, yeah. A really famous landscape. Um, right at the back, there's a big volcano at the back, um, and that is the same volcano you can see on, see in that image. Um, but I mean, it was it, it was amazing because such I broke my knee, which was an awful thing. But then I, it allowed me to do so many things in 2019. Um, and this image is like it's special to me because it went on to win a couple of international awards, um, which then took me to other places. Um, but essentially, like this place is it's in the middle of nowhere. You've got to go on the ring road around East Java. It's like it should be like a two hour drive, but it can take like six hours because it's one road. Um, and there's all these trucks, you know, there's so many people on it. It's crazy. You can't overtake or anything. Um, and it's just like a dirt road. Um, yeah. And it's a hard location to find. Um, and then when you get there, it's tricky because there's often a lot of cloud coverage there. You really want to be there at sunrise to get the right conditions. Um, I didn't really have the option to do that. Um, so that was actually taken at sunset, my image. Um, but it's such an amazing place and I was the only one there and it's a really really sketchy hike down to the bottom of the waterfall it's like this cliff face in the jungle and yeah. um, it's like a it's like a bamboo sort of ladder um, and like it's like ladder like and sections tied into the wall that you walk you have to walk across and sure. you know it definitely wouldn't be allowed in Europe or anywhere like that. <laughs> Yeah, too much health and safety regulations over here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's very safe and they know what they're doing. They do a lot of bamboo work out there, but it just seemed crazy. And you have to like hike through this other little waterfall to get there. Um, and then when I got there, I mean, I was just, I was absolutely blown away. I was on my own. And there was no one else there. Um, and it was just incredible. Um, but I actually, so I got there and but when I arrived, I arrived about, I don't know, midday or something. And the, the volcano behind you couldn't see because um, it was covered with clouds. Um, so I hiked down, uh, took a few photos down the bottom, and then I, I hiked back up, and the clouds were still there. I was pretty gutted. I didn't think I'd be able to get like the, co the shot or composition that I wanted. Uh, 
but then eventually I waited three hours, I think. I waited three hours for the clouds to clear. Um, sent the drone up just before sun, sunset. And then that was the image that, that I managed to get. Um, and it's really nice because you've got, you know, the mountains just coming out, the clouds. It's really moody scene. And yeah, just it's amazing. The, Patience, patience um, pays off. And I think photography is a lot about timing. It's about being in the right place at the right time, um, as well as a lot of other things. But if you can make yourself be in the right place at the right time by waiting for those conditions, then um, you might get lucky, you might not. So Yeah, definitely. Whereabouts were you when you took, took off to take that picture? Are you sort of uh, in the little clearing by the top of the waterfall or are you just out of shot i was actually no it was actually more towards the the right back right of the waterfall i'm out of shot in the tree line there's like a little viewing platform okay. um, and you have to take off it is quite a small gap you have to go up between the canopies to get out um but yes yeah, so I'm, I'm just just on the side of the waterfall but i wouldn't fly at the bottom because you know it's crazy down there there's so much spray and yeah you wouldn't want to do that it's very windy as well blow the drone around yeah, I mean, it's a fantastic picture because obviously you tend to, with these kind of pictures, normally you tend to see either the waterfall or the mountain. And it was when you first sent it over, I was looking at it and I was, I had to double check online that it wasn't two photos that were stitched together. Like it's, it's, I know. it's a fantastic exactly composure. It's insane. Yeah. I mean, it really just shows you like how beautiful and epic uh, the natural world is. Yeah, definitely. That, that can be there. It's like views straight out of like Jurassic Park or something. Hundred percent. Velociraptors and stuff to be running around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice, no, a cracking picture. Um, yeah. And then the next one you sent over was in uh, America. Uh, yeah, was... so the next one was in America. So it's funny because that that image sort of came from the waterfall image in the sense that um, the competition that I won it was actually with Moment. Um, they then flew me out to America for like a four day photo festival there. Um, and they, they, they paid for my flights there and back, which was amazing. But they allowed me to get a return whenever I wanted. Um, so from that, I then went and did a road trip in America for a month. Um, and I did that with three other people who I'd met on Instagram, um, which was really cool. Um, and, you know, I saw this place before on from Zach, Zach Tester. I don't know if you know Zach Tester. He's a great drone photographer. But he, found, he actually found this place. But it was a top secret location. And I had to spend... You know, a good few hours on Google Earth sort of mapping and trying to find these locations where these colours were. Um, and we were in a 31-foot RV and it's literally in the middle of the desert, middle of nowhere. You should have a 4x4 four four to get there. And we sort of drove like for a few hours to find the location. Worried that we were going to get stuck and everything, but eventually managed to find it. Um, and honestly, it was just like like a landscape I'd never seen before, like Mars. It was crazy. All these like beautiful mounds and stuff and these ring colors and the ground was so like crumbly and pure it was so nice um, yeah they're completely mind-blowing um, i mean it's the, the name's well deserved it certainly doesn't look like anything that you'd expect to see anywhere Earth. but it's it looks so alien yeah it's, it's crazy but to, and to get the colors like that you have to wait until the sun has just set because um the light washes out all the color um or can do especially at midday for example but once the light is just gone um, off the mountain all those colors really start to pop and you can really bring them out in the edit as well yeah uh, it's it fantastic amazing. i mean it, the whole trip was just so insane america was is just so beautiful like i never realized how amazing it was um you know saw so much and that was definitely one of the highlights of the trip um for me 
I mean, there's such a variety out in America as well. I mean, if you include yeah. Canada in that, you think you've got everything from deserts, you know, uh, British Columbia in, in Canada is just, you know, the national parks out there are phenomenal yeah. and you've just you know, got such that- a variety of landscapes and that kind of thing. It's, it's almost like you're traveling, you know, through multiple different, yeah. different places. It's Every mental. state is different. It's just insane. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, but also the only only thing about Canada, obviously, is that there's no drones allowed, is there? Yeah, which is probably a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is that that's a quite a new regulation they brought in now, isn't it? Or has uh, that been around for a while? For a year or two, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, you can fly a drone, but you have to have a license and get a permit. Yeah, um, cool. Yeah. Um, and then onto the last picture, which was your most recent trip to Iceland, I believe. Yeah, that was that was one from Iceland. Um, Again, really, really unique place. I really love my sort of colourful and abstract um, shots and, and perspectives. Obviously, I think that's what drones are great for. Um, you know, and when you ask me to pick three pictures, it is kind of hard to pick. But um, this one, I, this is definitely one of my probably my favourite from from Iceland, um, and it's actually my most successful Instagram picture um, so far. Um, but it's it is like hidden hidden way deep into the Icelandic highlands and not many people know about it or not many people have seen this place um and again it was a google earth job trying to find it um and maps using satellites and stuff um and we we were just weren't actually intentionally looking for it we were going to another location in the highlands and i was on google earth and i saw um this place rather close and i was like oh that might be that might be interesting um and to get there was an absolute like it was crazy. Um, we had a four by four, literally completely off road. You have to do all these river crossings, so you have to like wade out into these freezing cold rivers. Make sure that wa- the water isn't coming higher than your knees, because um, obviously you don't want the car to drift away. Yeah, yeah. So we had two intense river crossings, and then it was like a two mile hike. But it was just the most breathtaking landscape I've ever hiked through. It's just again, it's like another planet. Iceland is just so beautiful, um, especially if you've got a drone as well. It's definitely the place to go. There is just yeah. so much out there, and, and you know, so much to see and so much to get. I, can't, I mean, I, I've got to go back there. It's, I was there for ten days or nine days, and there's just so much more to see. Um, yeah. yeah, I was just blown away by this place, and then eventually, we didn't even exactly know where it was. We were just walking in the in the right direction, so it was sort of like a little venture as well. Um, and there's this beautiful, this adjacent to this um, crater is this amazing mountain that's sort of purpley and this lush um, river that carves through these rocks um, next to it. And it's just, just yeah, it's just jaw dropping. Um, yeah. I will be, I'll be releasing the 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 reverse of this because there's a really nice composition. If you just turn the drone around, there's another amazing composition behind it. Yeah. Say. that's what I mean. Like Iceland, compositions everywhere that it's just yeah. Yeah, um, I think yeah. Scandinavian countries—they're just uh, yeah. just so picturesque, aren't they? I mean, I was out in Norway towards the end of last year, and oh, same hello. kind of thing. And it's just you know, every corner you turn, it's just like oh, I've got to stop and take another picture. Like it's just it's <laughs> so breathtaking. And I've not been to Iceland yet, but it's somewhere that I do want to go. And you know, it's yeah, it's fantastic. And what I like about this picture as well is a lot of the pictures that you tend to see of Iceland are quite monotone in the in but in colors terms because yeah. obviously it's quite snowy and you know it it can look a bit yeah. sort of bleak it's in always color, but... the weather is always there's always rainy or cloudy yeah definitely uh, 
we, but the we colours really, really pop in this one and it sort of it makes it stand out and I I wouldn't necessarily put that as being from Iceland but it you know it, it's the colours yeah. on it as well and obviously you've got the green and the purple and it just they really really yeah. pop pop through which is really nice yeah I mean that that green around the lake is like it just fascinates me I just I just don't get it um, yeah that's why and also I just love like the sort of the, the history behind it because it's sort of some sort of volcanic crater that's been you know it's from all sorts of lava and explosions so the forces to create this place you know amazes me as well yeah so. definitely um i noticed the three pictures you've sent over they're all portrait do you normally shoot um is that sort of because obviously drones i i know that you've got a mavic 2 and obviously yeah. it only shoots landscape the previous obviously mavic pro shoots portrait as well but is this yeah. sort of do you tend to shoot portrait shots yeah, with your drone or you know, so the reason they're a portrait is mainly because I've formatted those for Instagram. Um, and I do have a landscape version of, of each of them. Um, although the portrait version of the, of the waterfall one I prefer. Um, so basically, but what it is, is it's a vertical panorama. Um, so it's a manual, manual vertical panorama, but it just allows me to fit sort of more, more into the frame. So on the crater one, the landscape version, you don't get as much of the leading line from the bottom, for example. Yeah. Um, and the waterfall one, it fits better as sort of a as a as a vertical image, I, I think, just because of the way it's composed. Yeah. Um, the mark one looks really good as well as landscape. Um, but I, I just sent over the portrait ones. But I often shoot panoramas and vertical panoramas. So for each image, I'll shoot sort of like an Instagram one and one that will be landscape for me to use. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, Instagram is a four by five medium, but obviously, drone and photography isn't all about Instagram. But, but in order to get the most engaging image, you, you kind of want to have that four by five crip, crop, crip. And in order to fit everything into the crop, um, you need to sort of take a multiple, you know, different variety of images at different angles. So I take one looking down at about 45 degrees, then one looking at the middle of the frame, and then one looking at like the, the sky and the highlights. And then, and you merge. manually stitch those. So there is a mode in your drone where you can just you can do it in the drone, so it, it stitches it together for you. But I prefer to do it manually. Um, yeah, I prefer, I prefer to choose the camera, the angle of the gimbal and the camera, um, and, and where we're looking. So, cool. so yeah, and also so, the great um, thing about it, sorry, it gives you a much higher quality image. Um, it's like because obviously it's three or four images stitched together. It's like sixty or eighty megabytes. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, there are some amazing pictures. And I mean, <laughs> I think obviously uh, you've mentioned that you've been sort of traveling quite a lot this year. And I suppose that's one thing that's, that is good with COVID. I mean, we were previously talking about obviously the, the effect that COVID's had on a lot of people and that kind of thing. But one of the pros to COVID is that you know, there's a lot less people everywhere. So even when you're shooting the more sort of built up areas, oh, you know, yeah. there's a lot less people around and you spend a lot less time in Lightroom taking each individual person out. So it's much better for photography and like for traveling. I mean, I know it's, it's not good to travel. I, I was traveling when everything opened back up and then obviously it's the second wave has come, but um, it just meant Iceland was completely empty, which is unheard of. And obviously, you know, Skogafoss, the, the big waterfall there, yep. and there's a, the main waterfall is called Skogafoss. And like, normally you can never get that place to your own. We had that for three hours to ourselves. Wow. <laughs> it was just insane. Just everywhere was empty. Um, yeah. Just, does make traveling a bit more enjoyable um but obviously it's sad to see the effect it has on all the you know all the local businesses and that are making income off tourism um it's quite devastating 
So yeah, definitely. But good for the planet. Yeah, good for the planet, definitely. Um, <laughs> so we ask you, obviously, what's in your drone kit? I mean, I know I've seen sort of bits and you sort of post bits and that on uh, Instagram of the kind of stuff that you tend to take with you. But do you want to talk yeah. us through what you take out on sort of a day to day? Got it here. So I've got my Mavic Pro. This is my Mavic Pro 2, sorry. Um, this is my main, well, this is my only, well, not my only drone. I've actually got two of these, okay? Because I work um, commercially. And not even only because I work commercially, just because of, in case I ever have an accident when I'm filming, I like to have a backup drone just in case. Um, obviously, it's maybe a bit excessive to have two Mavic Pro 2s, but I, I want them to be able to match. And also I can then share the batteries. And I got a really good deal on eBay as well. But I was thinking about getting the Mavic Air 2 as my backup. Um, but I mean, this is all around just a little bit better. So I just went for that. Um, so I've got two of those with five batteries. Um, and then I use Polar Pro ND filters. You can see one on there, ND4. Um, I use polarized ones um, only because they help cut out reflections and stuff in water when you're shooting over water. So that's always good. Um, and then on top of my drone gear, I shoot a lot of camera stuff, even though I mainly sort of on my Instagram, I mainly post drone stuff. I think that's just because my, I feel like my audience prefer my drone work. I don't know. I'm sort of more well known for my drone work. Um, but I shoot with a Sony a7 III, um, which is here. Really nice mirrorless camera, lightweight. Um, powerful it's great for me because i do a lot of film and photography sure. um this is almost like a master of both i was really i was maybe going to get the a7s3 i think it is it's just come out um but i'm thinking now wait until the a7 IV comes out just so i have the the photography advantages as well yeah. um, because the a7s is, is a great film camera um but it's still 12 meg megapixels the latest one um, because it's better in lower light. So it has less pixels, but the pixels are bigger, so they let in more light. Um, whereas this is going to, the, the next version of this will be 24 at least megapixels with the great film capacity as well. Um, so I use that with the, I've got a 16 to 35 F4 on here, Sony. I don't go for the G Masters. You see a lot of people using the G Masters with these. I just think the G Masters are just crazy, crazy expensive. Um, uh, so I, I've gone with slightly slower glass. I also have a Tamron 2875. So this is basically the equivalent of a G Master to me, um, F2.8. Um, and it's literally a third of the price. Really good. And then I've got my 70 to 200, um, which I love, F4 again. Um, get really nice shots of this. Obviously, the compression and stuff. I really, really love using that. Um, and then I have an 85 mil prime. Um, f 1.8 which i use for like b-roll um getting that really nice bokeh and shallow depth of field also really good for portraits um so yeah and then cool. i've got i've got my obviously i got my tripod um and i then you i oh, actually I carry around a microphone with me which is great a sony uh, top mic and i also have like a, a motion a G, it's called a, a syrup 2 genie um, and it's just like a motion tracker, so I can do like time lapses and stuff. Um, okay. Catch a, little, catch a bit of motion on there. Cool. Yeah. So do you take all of those lenses out with you when you go shooting, or is it just sort of selecting the, the right one for, because that must be a pretty heavy backpack. <laughs> it is a heavy backpack. And then I've obviously got all the, the cables and chargers in there as well, the camera batteries. Um, it, is a, it is a heavy backpack. It's probably like 15, 15 kilos. Um, 
normally I do whenever I go abroad I'll take all lenses with me normally and then depending on how long the hike is I might pick and choose different lenses but if I'm going to drop one it will normally be the 85 mil um only because I like the versatility of of the zoom lenses and like I've got my I'm, I'm fully covered I've got my wide 16 to 35 I then got the the 25 to 75 28 75 which is great and also it's 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 got a, it's, it's a little bit faster than other lenses so I always take that and then I love, I can't go anywhere without my without my long lens because you just never know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm never want to like, get caught out. Never know. I just don't want to miss out. So yeah, I definitely. often travel around with. I literally will just travel around with everything, and then I'll never. I might never use it. I'm just like, oh, again, like you know, it's busting busting my back. But you know what? At the end of the day, it's it's good for me, isn't it? It's. Yeah. carrying a little bit extra weight is only going to do my body a bit of benefit so i don't mind you know and it's one of those things that if you didn't take it with you and you got somewhere and you thought oh, if only yeah. like it's you exactly. don't want to get caught out and if especially if the conditions are perfect and obviously you said photography is a lot about waiting like you don't want to get yeah. somewhere and think oh i'm waiting for this shot and okay. then think one bit of kit short like, yeah yeah i mean i'll take all of it and then i'll only fly the drone like i normally prioritize my drone work over my camera work depending on what i'm doing but when i'm shooting for myself I, you know i love flying the drone and depending on what the situation is or what i'm doing i'll I'll only take one drone and i'll leave the other drone in in, in the car or i'll take both abroad but leave one in the hotel um but if i'm doing like a professional shoot then i'll take both just in case because you never know yeah um, i had a few near misses and a few crashes so um, so is the Mavic 2 obviously I know I think you've got a you use the smart remote for that don't you no I don't no I, I, do I not? Just, no I just use my my phone but I mean I would love a smart remote I just think they're a little bit pricey for what they are or they, yeah. they are pricey I, I know a few people with them a couple of people with them and um, one of the guys I went to Iceland with had one um, and yeah it's great that's probably but, where I've seen it yeah it's great but it's not it's not essentially worth the money um, yeah yeah. um so what kind of cases do you use for your drone then um have you got so, a brand that you tend to prefer using i actually just use the one that comes with the fly more for one of my drones so just a standard dji one but i also i also have a backpack that my drone fits in well as well so normally if i'm just taking one drone i will literally just put my drone in my camera bag um and I, and I won't use any cases but originally i was using the polar pro polar pro cases um which are really good yeah. Um, I use that for a while but now I just like to have everything in one bag really if I can and then the second drone just goes around my shoulder if I need it um, yeah. just use it in the eye bag because you know, I paid for it with a fly more so why not Cool. it's actually, it's actually broken on me as well um, <laughs> so I'm, not, I'm not, not promoting this bag but the zip is actually broken off so I've now got to sort of use this tiny metal thing to do up <laughs> my bag which is yeah. so yeah so is the Mavic 2 Pro, is that the first drone that you had or did you have no, something before a, that and then upgraded? Yeah, I started with the Mavic Pro. So I started flying three, maybe four years ago, whenever the Mavic Pro first came out. Um, again, that's a great drone. Um, and I think you can get so much out of it. You know, it's, it's not, it's, it's always not about the gear. It's more about your eye and, and the lighting conditions and stuff. And I've seen some amazing imagery and I've, I've captured some amazing imagery on the Mavic Pro. And also you can blow it up massive. You know, I've seen prints over a meter meter by a meter um, with a mavic pro which is which is amazing so with the right light you know you can capture some great stuff 
But and I, I think love... still even sort of today, it's a great drone, even by today's standards. Oh, yeah. Like obviously, I, being Definitely. three, four years old, like it's still it's still a really, really good drone, and you can capture some great yeah. pictures with it. Yeah, no, really good. Um, I, I like the sort of the film advances on the Mavic Two Pro. Um, you know, you get the ten bit color and you know, better codec, but, um, but yeah, but the Mavic series in general, I, I really love. I never had a Phantom. Um, I just love how you know the way it folds away and you can just take it anywhere. Yeah, um, Mavic Air Two as well. I've flown. Um, as how I don't know if you saw, I did like a one take wonder thing through a car um, in Iceland. So that yep. was with the Ma- Mavic Air. I tried doing it with my Mavic Pro, but it wouldn't it wouldn't fit through the window. <laughs> it would have destroyed yeah. the absolutely destroyed it so we didn't do that but uh, Mavic Air uh, 2 is a fantastic drone and um, for anyone starting up I'd, I'd recommend that um, and you know it's like indestructible I've crashed that loads of times and just doesn't break <laughs> I know it sounds have silly you, it's um, good for a car you know yeah have but, you um, had a try with the Mavic Mini at, uh, at all uh, I have had a try with Mavic Mini I actually had a Mavic Mini and I sold it um, but my friend's got Mavic Mini that I used a bit. And yeah, I mean, that, that's another, for what it is, it's a great drone, you know, and especially yeah. for, it's, it's a good drone, but it's not, you know, it's not a professional drone. So yeah. for stuff like, and if you're looking to advance your game, then yeah, it's a great starting point. But if you can start with like a Mavic Air 2, I'd definitely start like something like that. You know, yeah. you get longer battery time and you can fly it in better conditions. Um, actually, a friend of mine had it in Brighton. He, he sent it up in Brighton on a day that was a little bit too windy and it just blew away and <laughs> never came back. Yeah. So, I think, I think, I think the it. main, I think the main thing for when you're buying your first drone is just to get the best drone that you can afford, because yeah. especially with DJI's lineup, like they've got something at every price point and everything yeah. at each price point is really, really good. So, really you know, good. whatever you get yourself for your fruit, future proofing yourself, for, you know, for flights yeah. to come and that kind of thing. And yeah, exactly. I mean, there's great drones out there, aren't they? So, yeah. I mean, I'm looking to start flying with bigger drones. I, I think, well, I have got some work flying Inspires and stuff, um, so that would be cool. Um, and do, doing dual man operations, so I'll be, I'll be piloting, and someone else will be on the camera. Um, so that'll be cool. I look forward to that. And I'm also starting to get into FPV, um, and doing, doing a bit of, you know, flight simulators and stuff. I mean, that's a whole nother ball game, isn't it? The FPV it's stuff. I mean, it's but it's a ball game I've got to jump on. Um, you know. I just, you know, I can't wait. It takes it takes cinematography to the next level. It's Definitely. just insane the shots you can get. You know, this isn't so much for photography now. This is purely for my filmmaking. And, you know, I can't wait to be able to fly one. Um, as skilled as some of the people that I've seen flying. It's just insane. So with the Inspire stuff, is that something that you've flown already? Or is that something that you're sort of working up to? I mean, they're those, enormous, those drones, aren't they? So Yeah, well, Inspire is quite big. Um it's actually not something I've flown already, even though I've got I've sort of got some work flying one. But I will have a I will have a like a day before to, to practice with it. Um, it will be a company drone, but um, I know that even though they're a lot bigger, they're really just the same as a Mavic to fly. Once you get it in the air, it's all just the same, really. You just got yeah. to think about you know. Obviously, it's a heavier and a much more dangerous drone, so you've got to be even safer with it. Well, not even safer, but just make sure that you are being as safe as you would be, or, or following all the rules and everything. Um, but and obviously there's a sort of shorter flight time and I can't catch it in my hands. But <laughs> other than that, it's 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 pretty much the same when it's in the air. You really don't notice the difference. Apparently, yeah. I'm speaking. <laughs> about, 
I've, I've done a bit of research and I, I speak, I've, another one of my friends is a really good pilot and he flies them a lot and, you know, it's just the same. So. Sure. Um, so, obviously, if you're flying with a dual operator, you're now working in a team. So you've got to get used to working with someone and, you know, working together to pull off the shots you want. It's just, it's just a communication, really. And I, you can do, if I'm not mistaken, I'm sure you can do two person operations with the Mavic 2. You probably can actually. I don't. Know. I have. I'm. I'm sure I read that somewhere that you can. Surprised. Yeah, I know you can link different controllers, so no reason yeah. why not. But the thing with the Inspires is the camera goes 360 degrees, so it can look all yeah. right. So it's a lot easier with two people. You can still fly an Inspire with one person and control the camera. Just it's more to think about and obviously harder. And you don't want more to think about when you've got that much money up in the air. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Exactly. Although they're fairly autonomous. I mean, obviously it returns to home, it will hover. It's not like an FPV drone or some of the bigger drones that hopefully one day I'll be flying, like the outers that you, you mount cinema cameras on. All of that is no GPS and like you have to constantly give throttle. And if you're not giving throttle, then the drone will fall out of the sky. So those are like so more like a helicopter then. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's what an, it's the same as an FPV drone. FPV drones, you always have to give throttle as well. Uh, that's how they can dive. Literally, when they're diving down the buildings, that's just them falling. Falling. <laughs> <laughs> falling <up>. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, what yeah. got you first into photography then? Um, I'm not too sure what exactly got me into it. I mean, I've always been fairly creative. Um, I've always loved art, and uh, I used to do a lot of acting when I was younger, a lot of dancing and stuff. Um, so, I've always been a creative mind, and I've always been interested in cameras and taking photos. Um, I remember when, you know, when when I first got phones and stuff and I was able to take like a camera photo, even though it was on an awful Sony Ericsson, I still really enjoyed going out and taking photos. And then I studied it at A-level um, and I used to do a lot of urban exploring. I think actually partly the urban exploring got me into photography because I loved exploring the sort of abandoned buildings and unknown places. And then I loved shooting them as well um, and taking photos and then sort of sort of developed there. And then I did, I did quite well at in my a-level photography and then i sort of lost the passion a bit for photography um i didn't really know what i was going to do for a few couple years and then i i was going to go to drama school but i went to i went to film end up going to film school instead to learn behind the camera and then at film school sort of i bought my first drone to help my filmmaking and then that was where the passion for photography started to pick up again when i got the drone the drone sort of reignited the passion for photography um, and just allowed me to see the world from this whole new unique angle and all these crazy colors and patterns and you know abstract textures and stuff and I was just fascinated and yeah that along with sort of inspiration I saw on Instagram really pushed me um, more and more back into photography because obviously I bought the drone for my filmmaking um, drones are great because they add production value um, obviously give you a unique perspective but then sort of it sort of developed then more into drone photography and then I focused on drone photography for you know, best part of the year sort of lacked my filmmaking and now I've been trying to bring back the filmmaking and, and balance both out. So, yeah. So, yeah. But I mean, yeah, what I love about photography is, is because I, I mean, I love travel photography and, and landscape photography, it just purely because it allows me to get out there and explore. Um, and I just love the natural world and, and nature. I know it sounds all hippie and stuff, but it's just, <laughs> it's what I love doing. And, you know, no, I love definitely. going there and camping and, you know, it, it makes me explore more um, and want to see more. So, I think when you've got the drone as well, like it, 
obviously you said it allows you that different perspective but I think one of the things for me that is most beneficial about the drone is you can be somewhere and take off I mean especially in some of the shots that you've sent over like you know you can whiz the drone up in the air and just use it to look around and, exactly. the same and way. you know you, you don't need to you don't even need to move half the time you know you can stay exactly where you are fire the drone off and take shots without even leaving where you are like it makes that exploration Absolutely. step up from just obviously being on your feet so I think they're fantastic bits of kits and you know obviously they're becoming more accessible now and easier yeah. to fly and that kind of thing so yeah I mean I've I actually think it... used, them, used them for location scouting and stuff before um, and on music videos as well I did one in where was I Sardinia recently and we were trying to find an empty beach and we got up too late or their call time was too late anyway and we the beach that we were going to had too many people on so then they were like oh can you i just put the drone up had a look around at the low at the local beaches and managed to find like a quiet one so it's, it's awesome for that sort of thing as well yeah say scout your location and see more yeah i mean obviously you said you love travel photography is there anywhere that you had planned to go this year that you know you're having to reschedule or anywhere that you've booked well, yeah, up for next uh, year I was, I was meant to go to japan this year um beginning of this year in spring uh, but obviously coronavirus cancelled that um other than that not really i mean i've got my next job is in saudi arabia so that would be cool um and then dubai as well potentially but i mean i've already been there but that's more for work in terms of what i want to do i mean i want to go to japan um i'll hopefully go this spring work dependent um and then i definitely want to go like south america as well um greenland as well is really up there for me yeah uh, so yeah but i mean iceland it had always been up there but I, man I managed to do that this year which was amazing yeah um with regards to your commercial work was that something that the brands got in contact with you was that as a result of you taking sort of pictures on you know for, for yourself um and then they got yeah. in contact or is it something so, you yeah. got in contact with it depends so sort of the so the nike the nike stuff that was from something that they saw um, online I did a video with her um, she's an artist um, and it was all in response to the, the Black Lives Matter movement and she released a, a, bit, a music video called I Can't Breathe and I did a bit of drone work on there um, and then that one uh, actually won MTV Video Music Awards and it just won a European uh, Music Award which is awesome congratulations um, yeah which is great yes so but because of that I think Nike, Nike saw some of the footage that I'd shot and then they contacted me ask, asking if they could use it as well, which is amazing. It was for a Jordan advert. Um, and then the Jeep, the Jeep work I've done, that, that was them contacting me as well um, through Instagram. Um, but most of my commercial drone work is, is, isn't through Instagram. It's from sort of my TV work um, okay. and just contacts that I've built up over the years. Um, yeah so i work as because i work as a camera operator it's it's most of my work is that and then you know it's like the odd day here or there they need a drone operator um sure. it's you know it's not so much like drone work all the time you know i find drone work it's actually quite hard to get um and it's sort of sparse it's here and there um, yeah but hopefully you know looking at next year i'm going to be working more full-time drone hopping in in saudi and dubai but we, we will see it's um it's not nothing's confirmed yet so is that what you prefer you prefer doing the drone stuff to just sort of the standard dslr um, 
I like doing both, to be honest. I do prefer drone stuff, and I probably I, I specialize more in drone, and I yeah, I'm more known for my drone stuff. Um, so yeah, I think so. Yeah, but I do love shooting camera, so it's hard to say. I mean, if okay. I could do drone, if I could do drone every day, I probably would. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely less. Uh, you know, camera operator is quite um, fatiguing on the body, running around for like you know, because I work long shifts, it's 12, 13, 14 hours. Running around with a big cinema camera all day does your back in after all. Where with a drone, it's just like, yeah, like, wow, because it's a drone. They're like, oh my god, it's amazing. <laughs> um, so yeah, and also, I mean, drone. If you're a commercial drone operator as well, that you know, the wages are good as well. Um, you get a little bit more than you would as a camera operator, which is always good. Yeah. So cool. Um, so looking back, is there? anything that you any mistakes that you made sort of looking back now when you think oh if if I would could go back in time I would change this sort of any shots that you look back and think oh if I'd have just sort of tweaked mm. this kind of thing is there anything like that I don't know I think it's more just just the whole like learning process um for yourself and just developing yourself you know it's I, I made a lot of mistakes and so I did a lot of things you know I look back now I'm like god why did I do that why did I edit like that why would I shoot like that but but, you know, it's all part of learning and developing and, and you've got to start from somewhere. Um, but I think in terms of, I mean, I've crashed my drone a few times, stupidly as well. Um, I like to do risky shots, but also on, on shots that aren't so risky. Just just the basic rule, like always keep visual line of sight of the drone, especially if you're flying around trees and you're flying fast. Because I've gone into a, f- a couple of trees. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I've gone into a wall. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, those and things do the, tend to jump out on you, so. Yeah, exactly. And some of these things were like, it was when I was like less experienced as well, when I couldn't fly as well. Um, and it was just, you know, I mean, I, the first time I crashed was like in the first few months of having it, um, just being, just not being stupid, but just putting off shots that I couldn't put off yet. Um, but no, I think it's just, you know, I think so much of photography is just about just keep shooting um, and shoot everything like, shoot make sure you're shooting at sunrise you know sunset you get such beautiful conditions at sunrise and there's no one around and don't just shoot you know golden hour shoot blue hour as well and experiment with things maybe not so much with the drone to be fair um but you know it's just about just keep just keep learning and keep shooting um and then it's a lot about i think a lot of it with photography is editing and trying to find you know a style as such um, I don't really think about style as much. I, I just love, I just love color and trying to show off like the planet in all its glory. And I sort of feel like that's maybe my style. Um, but I think with obviously with drones as well and shooting in raw, you know, that editing process is so crucial in bringing out the colors oh, yeah. and, so and crucial. you know, making it what you want. That, yeah. That makes all the difference. You know, you don't want to, you know, so, so you, you sort of, you've got to really think about how the colors work together and everything. And it, it comes naturally to some people and it, it doesn't for some um, but I mean, you can you can learn so much on YouTube. Um, I personally only really use Lightroom, and it's just like adding things like radial filters in and stuff, like highlighting different areas. Just thinking about like how you're sort of drawing the viewer through the image, um, and you know, playing with light. But like, obviously, shooting in RAW is 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 a definite. You must do that. Um, and if you're not doing that, definitely do that. Um, and then I like to use subjects and stuff a lot in my images. Um, just gives the viewer a sense of scale, um, something to sort of look on. They can almost put themselves in the shoe of that, in the shoes of that person, and sort of imagine themselves in the landscape. Um, so, so yeah. 
Yeah. Um, um, like with regards, sorry, go on. You know, so I'd also say um, bracketing photos as well is, is good. Um, it's great. Uh, I don't always do it and it depends what I'm shooting. Um, but obviously it's really easy to blow out the highlights and stuff. So I always shoot, I normally always shoot bracketed photos, especially if it's something that I know is going to be a good image or something that I know I'm going to want to print um, or something that's going to be stunning, you know, just bracket your image. So bracket, bracketed image, if anyone doesn't know, is um, essentially three or five different exposures. I, I normally do three just because I don't want too much, too many images and too much data. Um, and what happens is it automatically does it. You can set it on your drone, AEB, automatic exposure bracket. Um, it's in the quick smart features or whatever it is. Um, and what it does is it will change the shutter speed of your shot um, to let in more or less light. So it will take a correctly exposed image or the image that you expose. So what you've exposed on your screen, and then it will keep the ISO and the F-stop the same, and it will take a shutter above and a shutter below. So it will take a quicker shutter for the highlights, so you get all your highlights correctly exposed, and then the shadows as well. So if there's a big difference between your shadows and your highlights, you'll then be able to merge the photos. You can do it in Lightroom. Um, it will just it's one click of a button, and it'll merge them for you, um, or you can do it in Photoshop manually if it's, if it's not working. But, but yeah, and it just gives you that more information to play with. Um, better in the edit you can recover those shadows better and you can recover the highlights better and get a like cleaner exposure and, and, and play with more so yeah sorry do you prefer using the aeb to the hdr settings because obviously hdr is essentially what you've talked about but an automated process within the drone do you prefer doing the the aeb do and doing it manually yeah i always prefer to do to do things manually um, personally and it's the same with like all, all my drone cinematography and, and and filmmaking i like any tracking i do i normally do manually i don't really use a tracking modes i just like to have that manual control um so yeah cool well thank you very much for taking time out of your day for us today That's right um it's been really nice chatting to you and yeah, yeah. Awesome. um i'm sure everyone will be checking out your instagram and giving you some follows so it's uh yeah <laughs> thank you yeah. for taking time yeah no worries all right it's great to see you thank yeah. you speak to you soon